And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Minute Truth Radio Show. OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight's show is dedicated to Allison Beatty. This is a classmate of mine. I saw her for the first time in 26 years, and she has no idea how much I enjoyed spending time with her. She's just got this incredible, warm energy, and I hope she sticks around for a while because she is awesome. Our show tonight is going to focus on astrology, another aspect to it. We have a returning guest, and it's deep, and the, the intensity of the show goes by pretty quickly. But I want to bring to your attention that this intro, the intros that I usually do are maybe about one or two minutes this is going to be about a little longer, closer to four to five minutes. So if you wish to skip ahead, feel free to do so. I want to share with you a, um, call it a beautiful experience, because last week was my 26-year high school reunion. It is something that I planned, and it all began back in June when I went up to my sacred place in Long Island, New York, called Pirate's Cove. And Pirate's Cove, I'll put some pictures up on the Outer um, Limits website. It's this beautiful enclave in Port Jefferson, New York. And you can go up on these dunes. You're about 50 feet above the water. You can see the port. You can see the, the ferries come by. It's just so beautiful. And for some reason, when I go to this, this place, I feel like it's like, I don't know, it's like sacred. And my intuition will, will kick up dramatically. And for some reason, when I'm there, it is like, I don't know, it is, whatever it is, that is my place. That's my place. So I go up there in June. I get this inspiration to get together with some people from high school I hadn't seen in a long time. Some of my core group of guys. One of them is a friend of mine who I was referring to in some of the earlier shows as somebody who I, I thought I completely, you know, had a friendship got killed because of the COVID restrictions. I told you some friendships died off. And I know that you've probably had some friendships that have gotten killed off. So this is um, this was the hardest friendship that I had to deal with, the pain of having to lose this one, because this is the one I probably treasured the most. And it turns out that that friendship was actually okay. We just... We just had we got caught up in other things, and there was a total misunderstanding. So, like one of my closest friends is back in my life, and that's a really awesome thing. And I'm finding this out between June and October, and in the course of that period of time, I also apologized to some kid who I had uh, made fun of when I was I was a jerk to in elementary school. <laughs> so I was like eight or nine years old, and I called this kid up. I just looked him up out of the blue, and I, I apologized. And this kid winds up coming to the reunion. So I want to tell you where this is going. All these things start happening where I'm starting to reconnect with all these people. And uh, I get together the day of the reunion with my buddy, John, who's the guy who I you know, reconnected with, and another friend I hadn't seen in 25 years. And we, it was just like we acted like little kids or like, you know, irresponsible, you know, teenagers. <laughs> and we go back up to Pirate's Cove, the sacred spot. And uh, we uh, smoked a sizable doobie. And. Uh, I wouldn't call it a near-death experience, but I would call it an experience where we, none of us remembered our names. It was just, you know, absolutely wonderful. <laughs> so anyway, 
we uh, make our way to the reunion. 26 years of the making. People have not seen each other for 26 years. We've all become the people that uh, we wanted to be when we were 18, but now these are the people that we are now. And it was, it was amazing. It really was amazing. I was never a big high school guy or anything like that, but I felt in that room that people were uh, healing. There was a lot of energies that were just being dissipated. All these people that had like a lot of people had these pent up perceptions of what reality was like or old things that they had or they did when they were younger. And it's like they, it, I felt like all the stuff was being melted away because everyone was getting together and they were happy and they were just happy to see each other and they were just happy to be around each other. We, um, we, we had about, I think it was eight or 14 people in our class die between uh, the first reunion. So it was pretty amazing. So people were very happy to be there. And I, I want to say that the, um, the moral of the story is that it, it was just, a, it was a beautiful experience. It was a really wonderful experience. And if you have some people in your life that uh, from your past that you maybe you, you didn't have the best experience with, or somebody who you haven't done the right thing by, it's never too late to go and to make an attempt to make things right or to try to uh, make peace. You know, I really tried to make peace with as many people as possible. I just want to say from a psychological perspective, it's it's fantastic. It's just wonderful. Some of the people who I'd say that at that reunion, there were three or four people who earlier in my life I would never give a second bat or look an eye to we were you know, bitter enemies, and we're all like friends now. It's just wild how it worked about it. I tried to make amends with someone else who um, I did the wrong thing by, and it turns out when I was in New York that they had died about two years ago, so I never got to do that. So I would say that if you can, do whatever you can to make amends with people and try to get right with people because it's wonderful. It's, I'm telling you, psychologically, it is wonderful, and it'll just release some energy. The people that have gone to this event, this reunion, I mean, they, I think they all feel really good. They're very happy, and they're going to do an annual get-together. So I wanted to sh share that with you. And um, also say, uh, lastly, that when I told you, I don't know, two shows ago that I was kind of a weird introvert, it turns out I was, I was pretty crazy. Uh, a lot of people had their own story of something that I did. Uh, I'm not the well-adjusted human being that I was now, but uh, that is another story for another time. Let us begin tonight's show. It is a great honor once again to welcome back to the show, Dr. Scott Keller. He's an astrologer, medical intuitive, Ayurvedic specialist, chiropractor. And you can learn more about him by going to his website at astroveda.com. Dr. Keller, welcome back to our show. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. It's wonderful to be back with you. Um, though, just a quick correction. The name of the company is astroveda.org. Astroveda.org. Sorry about that. Yeah, do, you to, do you want me to start again? We're officially an educational uh, site now, so we're an org. I think okay. that somehow makes the difference. <laughs> so, how are you, how are you? Thank thank you for having me. On the show oh, again. my pleasure, my pleasure. So, I guess right off the top is uh, we look at see uh, patterns that are occurring in the world, and I'm just curious from your perspective, based on what you're seeing right now, does astrology necessarily always correlate to human history, or does it correlate to anything that happens with other living species on Earth? Does the astrology wow. most likely affect humans, or is it about other animals? It's such an incredibly great question. You know, leave you. it to you. And once again, my assistant Martha is with us now and she's pulling up your chart as we speak. I pretty much know most of it because you're loaded with Aquarius. But, you know, before we go into anything that's going on, let me start by creating a foundation of credibility. As you know, Ryan, I went to nine years of medical school and chiropractic college. I got two more diplomates and doctorates in neurology and kinesiology and nutrition after that. 
And I have 30 years of experience as not only as a chiropractor, but as a kinesiologist, a board certified physician, I have had a doctor, blah, 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 all of that stuff. Well, who cares at the end of the day, Ryan, why is it that with all 39 years of all this scholastic and clinical experience, do we, are we able to get more clinical information in five minutes from a person's astrological natal chart and their Ayurvedic expression, which I'll explain in a minute, in five minutes rather than all that 39 years of clinical and scholastic experience? Well, the answer is very simple because the Vedics had it very intuitively planned out that way 20,000 years ago when these sciences were created. These sciences were designed when we were in a very etheric form in our bodies, not so dense. Now, you know how you're just talking about how dense we are. You with all your Aquarius energy and be able to expand your show is the outer limits, dude. That is all about understanding how our bodies have densified over thousands of years. But when we were less dense, we came up with higher, higher amounts of intuitive understanding of how to create abundance through not only astrology and Ayurveda, but all of yoga. You know, in an essentially, Ryan, a good way to think about this might be that, you know, everybody knows yoga. They think they're doing downward dog or the lotus and they're doing yoga. There's actually five limbs of yoga that potentially describe. And of course, the asanas, meaning the positioning, is one of the five branches. The other branch that we'll discuss today is the science of yoga, which includes astrology, and then the medicine of yoga, which is Ayurveda or Ayurvedic medicine. So why is it that this stuff is a credible science? Why is it as a board certified physician with all this clinical information, I rely on this more in five minutes, I get what I need for people's cognitive therapeutic approach to life and how they operate with their emotions and what their bodies, what their challenges are with their physical body. Because we were, we, we were in an intuitive state at that time and use this science as a way of understanding the biorhythms and the electromagnetic energy of all those celestial objects that are sitting right behind you on your beautiful screen right before you. I'm not sure if our listening audience can see it, but you have a beautiful shot of the solar system behind you. Those celestial objects have what the earth has, a weight, a gravity, a density, an electromagnetic field, a chemical reactivity. Take mercury, which we're going to discuss in a little while because we're in a mercury retrograde. But what the hell does that mean? Oh, excuse me. Are we allowed to say hell? On you can show? absolutely say hell. God damn it. <laughs> so these things all have electromagnetic energy and we are electromagnetic beings. And at the moment that the doctor smacks us on the bottom and he snips the umbilical cord and we take our first breath and enter this consciousness, you don't think we're impl implanting all those electromagnetic energies that are coming from all these huge celestial objects, and in most cases, bigger and more electromagnetic than even the Earth. Well, we are. We implant those things on our ventricles of our brain, our neurotransmitters, the gelatinous covering that covers the brain between the cranium and the, the cortex of the brain. Those things all get imprinted and implanted with all those electromagnetic, chemical, and most of all, gravitational energies. And I specify gravitational because... One of the most gravitationally important celestial objects in our solar system, our moon, science has now actually given us credibility in saying behavioral patterns and physical patterns are altered by the lunar cycles. For God's sake. I'll, I'll agree with that. Uh, and yeah. gonna, I've seen that a lot happen. Sure. Lot happen. And for God's sakes, Ryan, the, the, the water. We are 80% fluids, right? Mm -hmm. The water on our planet raises 6 to 12 feet 
every day, twice a day because of the lunar cycles. What the heck is that doing to our 80% of body humors and cerebral spinal fluid? I want to just come back to one thing you said a little bit earlier because I just it, it just opened up the door or something. You said that okay, so before uh, we became this density, we were at a lesser density. So what does that mean that we what we weren't as physical, we weren't in physical bodies, or it, when you say density, does that just imply the fact that uh, we are farther away from our divine nature, or we just completely oh. committed to a physical presence? Because there are a lot of things that out in our universe that are, that are physically. That are, that are physical and you maybe you have certain planets that have a certain density of minerals that would be harder and more condensed but i'm curious what does it mean to be uh, less or more dense so you know what there is no way to escape referring back to your personal natal chart to answer a question like that you are the quintessential this is why i love doing your show and i keep asking and connecting Thank with you. you because if you take the top three most important aspects of anybody's chart make a triangle and say the sun moon and rising you have all three of those elements in the most metaphysical places. Aquarius, Pisces, and Scorpio. Those are the Indian Vedics. Those are the yogis. Those are the people who are asking about the existential and non-existential existence on this planet. That's why you have the outer limits. I was just explaining to my sister Martha why you're on the outer limits radio and not on terrestrial radio. Because your karma has said very clearly that you are a revolutionary. You're a groundbreaker. You have three planets in Aquarius mm-hmm. and you're... Um, your sun and Venus and Mercury, all how your brain works, is all in the 11th house of Aquarius. Aquarius is the original warrior before Aries in all mythology. And all mythology comes from some degree of truth that the yogis and the Vedics talked about. Now, you asked a very, very good question. Um, yeah, we've densified. And if you understand the Vedic philosophy of how we descended from perfection, In every one of our lectures, somebody invariably asks, well, Dr. Scott, if we were in a state of perfection, why would we ever leave? That could be an upcoming question. Let's answer it now because the two of them coalesce with one another. Well, in medical school, you learn something very important. We learn that all disease and all fouling of the planet and pollution occurs because of stoppage of movement. And when movement stops, life stops. So we draw up a universalism, a universal truth that says motion is life. Without motion, we cease to live. Look at all the currents and the, the, uh, the oceanic movements. If any of that stops, all the plankton dies out. All the animals don't eat. Everything dies. If you take on a microcosmic, and this is where quantum healing comes into play, Ryan, if you take us as a microcosmic version of the celestial orbiting planets, everything moving, right? Giving us cycles so that we can stay in motion and stay healthy. If any of our microcosmic versions, like our electrons and our protons slow down, we die. So we can extrapolate that motion is life. Well, if we're in a God state of perfection and we're in this place at 12 o'clock on the circle of the clock, why would we leave? Well, the God force knows that if we stay there, we'll die because motion is life. And without motion, you cease to exist. Oh. And that's the answer. But you have to stop. I mean, it helps to study a little bit of Vedic philosophy. That's a simplified version. Well, th- thank you. And thank you for your nice uh, words earlier. And uh, quite frankly, I mean, I feel I just feel like I'm just some regular dude. I always feel like a regular dude. I just don't think of anything. You're not. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I feel like a regular guy just asks questions. I just uh, a lot of people, they're curious about things. So. But, so, uh, you know, I, you're always you're always Mr. Universal and worried about the planet. And when we were just pulling up your chart, everything says how humanitarian and how community you or, oriented you are. And we were just talking on our show last week about this. 
Um, I, I mean, I want to ask you a question sure. because I see I seem to have the answers, and I don't want to go over our mission statement of Astroveda in a minute. But like you exemplify a lot of Ayurvedic energy that's here to change the planet because you have so much Aquarian nature. I told you Aquarius was the original warrior before yeah. Aries. Aquarius, and I wrote to you before the show, I said, I love your chart. Dude, you're all warrior because of so much Aquarius and Capricorn mm. and Leo, even in your Saturn, but it can cripple you. But you're coupled with sensitivity of all these planets in Scorpio, Pisces, and Cancer. Now, my assistant and I just watched a movie the other day, and you're perfect for this. Martha's here next to us, and she does all my charts for us and joins in on all the lectures. We watched the movie Tyson, right? Mike Tyson. Yeah. And we were watching this. And we couldn't understand why this kid who had such a disastrous upbringing, he had such a challenging life with getting being involved with crime and a mother who was a prostitute and a father who didn't give a darn about him. And so he just couldn't even live. So he turned to crime. But he really had no choice, really. But everything he did elicited so much sensitivity. And it's because his chart, we're watching the show. I said, Mark, we got to pull this chart. This kid is loaded with sensitivity and warrior. And we looked at that chart. What do we say, right? Same thing. It was all warrior and sensitivity. That's your chart. That's the heart of a champion. It's really strange you mentioned Mike Tyson because I've read his book thoroughly. And I came up with about 20 or 25 questions from him. I think we're on the deeper end. So I have been trying to connect with them because I, I, I don't know, I think I see a, a little bit of a different side. I mean, as far as the planet goes, I, I just want to, you know, to clarify to you because I, because the people who are listening, I just, they want to know something. I, I generally rag on the planet, like humanity. I kind of want humanity to, to get off the planet. I think I'm an advocate for humanity no longer, no longer existing. <laughs> I am. I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that because I don't want to think that I'm, Something missionary. You're very curious, but I would love to see you know people who want to leave people alone and live in peace. I would I would love to see those people succeed. But for those people that want to harm others, infringe upon others, and harm animals, I want them to be taken off. And I I don't care how they get off the planet, whether they be on peace well, we, or are they get off the you know. Right. We talked about that on the show the other day, and if I could possibly reframe it with sure. you, because I see the pain. And I love pain because we reframe everything that's supposedly negative into positive. How is that pain that you're experiencing such a great thing? Well, it creates shaking and moving, just like Tyson. And that's what I'm talking about. Your pain is a result of all your sensitivity. But your activism is all a part of your warrior part of your chart. And that's why the chart gives us in two minutes almost everything about on a cognitive therapeutic level. Incidentally, 17 years ago, I got my behavioral cognitive therapy certification so that I could combine these readings that would continue afterwards, understanding how we're making emotional choices based on our astrological and Ayurvedic chart. You should be proud of it. Let's relabel it because quite frankly, dude, if you didn't have that pain, you know what happened with all of this warrior? You might be out there boosting cars. You might be out there. You might be out there, you know, with the cartel, but no. Your sensitivity wants the planet to change. So let's reframe it and say we're using it. And I don't you don't need me to say this. I'm just I'm I'm being folksy about it. Look at you. We're here on the outer limits. Yeah. It's a perfect reflection of how you're putting your warrior mentality from your pain into changing the planet. Uh, thank you for explaining that. And as far as other people go, is there any what are some of the indications that a person may be called into this uh, line of work, shall we say, to, to want to heal the planet? Is it certain astrological signs? 
Do you have people from any of the other astrological signs that they're born within a certain window of time that are naturally gravitating towards this? Because I can't imagine that all Aquarians are into this. I can't imagine that all people and Capricorns are trying oh, to yeah. I'm just curious, like, how, what are some indications or what are some of the signs also more likely to be on this path of uh, becoming a warrior for the planet? Awareness, right. You know, Ryan, on the show last week um, with mom and I, uh, when you came on, we were talking about the division of the planet where people are moving away from one another because of what happened at the 2019. We talked about it on your other show, uh, I think it was about a year and a half or two years ago, we mm. talked about how in 2019, we had an arrangement of planets that all aligned, all the biggies, Jupiter, the amplifier, Saturn, the changer, the father, teaching us to change our structure with Pluto, the end, the Pluto represents the end of the way things were and a new mm. way. Those configurations, those three planets that hit in 2019 haven't hit like that since 800 years ago, exactly when Martin Luther stamped the Reformation on the Catholic Church and said, no more killing people because <laughs> they refused to relent to become Christian. And then you know what happened? We entered the Renaissance period, the age of awareness, the age of Aquarius. Okay. So yes, there are people out there that are part of the division going one way or the other. I meet and do a ton of readings for people and cognitive therapy um, sessions with a lot of these people who are straddling the line. You and I, and Martha and people like us who are light bearers and trying to change the energy on the planet are not straddling the line, Ryan. We are on the other side of the line. We're working towards a more fifth dimensional understanding and vibration to be able to keep the planet going in a more productive way. There are people who are way on the third dimensional line. I won't say who they are. You know them. We intuitively know who they are. They're in an animatronic, robotic, drug-induced um, institutionalized, disempowered state, right? And then there are people who are straddling that line who want to go towards the light and they're being pulled the other way. Martha and I talk about them all the time. We get tons of readings. What ends up happening with these folks, and I'll tell you what their charts look like in a moment. Sure. These folks, yeah, these folks either sink or swim at that moment once they meet me because I don't get any clients to do these medical intuitive and astrological Ayurvedic readings for anyone unless they're ready to shift. And if I sense they're not ready to shift, I give them tools to take home to move away from my energy so I don't get depleted so I can help the masses like you. And then if they come back, which they frequently do, right, Miss Martha, right. she's sitting right next to me, or they go off on their own and they are supposed to work out their vibrational karma at their pace and they'll come when they're ready. These people have reached a certain level of maturity and karmic transformation where they're ready. Usually, yeah, they have a lot of Pisces, Aquarius, Scorpio, Gemini, like mom, uh, and um, maybe a little bit of uh, cancer, but mostly Aquarius. And everyone has these signs. They're tucked away somewhere, but it's a matter of how you extrapolate it, pull them out. And it usually happens with, I hate to say it, but as a cognitive therapist, um, I see it. I'm sorry about the sirens. We're here in Manhattan. I, I see it with people who've had massive trauma. And you know who has had massive trauma? Everyone. And then the people who use that trauma as a way of launching themselves will tap into those elements of their chart. Typically, Pisces, like you and I. Aquarius, like you and I, Gemini, like you and I, Scorpio, same thing. And they tap into them and then they come for a reading and we talk about tools on ways to really bring it out and let them transform. And then they usually do one of the, or two of a number of things, leave a job, leave a bad relationship, um, separate themselves from their lifestyle and move into a more higher transformative existence. Thank you. That's very fascinating insight. And uh, you know, hope people can do a reading with you and start learning more about themselves. 
one of the things that rallying rallying against complaining about bringing yelling at since the moment the show started is i always saw the world going into to tyranny and to to more tyranny now it's it's very obvious and even a gentleman i've had on my show before said even in the inception of the u.s the u.s was bound to go into tyranny so Mm. when you do you think we're there you're in a little bit of it Oh no! I think I think we're we're long gone past that. I think that in New Year's Eve of 2011 is when we was when we sank. That was it. That was it. But hasn't it been an ongoing process of more tyranny, tyrannical energy, and more sinking, and then raising? Hasn't it been a a, a rocky road? What do you think? Oh no! I think it's just been a. I, I just think it's been a straightforward slide, and with the, with the um, with, with with the lockdowns and old people not rebelling because they were locked down. And just yeah. going aside with it and wearing the masks and just willingly just surrendering their 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 their, their bodies to these idiots and yelling at people for not covering their face from the mask. I thought that was it. I mean, that was that I would say that was the visually speaking. If you didn't know we were in tyranny then, and that that was like the neon sign that's, saying, "Here you go." Yeah, that's a that's a definite of tyranny. But also, yeah. it's also it's also a, de- a version. I'm going to put an AKA next to your yeah. version of tyranny and say also it's a version of separation of the energies. Okay. Well, um, you are on one side of those energies. I feel think? I'm on one side. I feel like I'm on one side. I, I just, I'm on the side of, okay, I respect everyone. I want everyone to do whatever they want. As long as you don't harm children or animals, and you leave me the hell alone. I just don't understand why it's so difficult. Just, you know, if you want to be a wacko, be a wacko. Just be a wacko over there and be crazy. That's fine. Just don't bring that insanity in this little space up here. Mm. I don't understand. But um, the question we're leading to is, because we're focusing a lot on humans, because obviously humans have a vested interest. This is our our species. Do you see in the future, astrologically speaking, that humanity is going to uh, clamp down and go into a dark ages where we have a total tyranny? Or uh, where because now what they're talking about right now is we're talking about transhumanism. And people being merged in with machines in a couple, like 10, 20 years ago, you think, okay, well, that's crazy. Well, not necessarily because Elon Musk wants to implant a chip, a chip in your brain <laughs> and have you be linked up to a computer. And uh, even uh, an individual uh, had on the show before said she knows somebody who had a near death experience who said during the near death experience, he saw in the future that human beings were going to be chipped. And mm-hmm. apparently there's already the technology there. So when humans go from, you know, biological bodies to transhumanism where they're merging with machines. First off, I wonder if their astrological chart changes, if they're no longer humans, if that whole thing changes dramatically. But I wonder from an astrological perspective, if humanity is theoretically speaking, more or less doomed, uh, collectively speaking, because I imagine that you have species on the planet that have gone extinct. Is this our extinction moment? Are we uh, pretty much done for Ha, it's a great question. So you know how we alluded before how we descended from perfection and we're following a circular path? Yes. Well, this the circular path as the way the Vedics describe. You know, Ryan, before I say anything about this, um, I want to dissuade your fears about something. Sure. We're on a path to move back to God, and through that path, there's going to be lots of ups and downs. And it's up to us to maintain a positive and optimistic attitude when we go through the downs. Remember, the mark of a truly successful species is not only how well they adapt, but also how they bounce back from what we consider failure. So we're in this circumferential cycle where we left perfection and we descended down to our lowest point about 2000 years ago when we were basically, um, you know, 
killing Christians in a Colosseum for entertainment. That mm-hmm. is our lowest vibration. It was called, as the Vedics described, the Caliphates. Now, I've looked at many, I taught theology for many years, and I am always looking at the overlap between everything from Christianity to Buddhism to Shintoism to Judeo-Christianity, whatever it is, Hinduism, whatever it is. And there's a thread of an overlap among all those religions, and that is saying that we're on a creation pathway that started with perfection going back up to perfection. Now we've traversed our lowest point and we're a few hundred years up from that, excuse me, 2000 years up from that. That period that started is Rapara according to the Vedics. And I always go back to the Vedics, Ryan, because they've proven through time to always be right prophetically and scientifically from everything from the Bhagavad Gita to the five limbs of Patanjali. They're always right. Okay. In my opinion. I wouldn't put that on anyone else, but I teach this, and it's called Vedic philosophy. Vedic philosophy is saying we're on our path upwards. Now, when we go upwards, we're going to hit some stumbling blocks. We hit a world war with a maniac who is trying to occupy negative energy and dominate. The same thing happened at the end of the 18th, uh, 1800s going into the 19th century. It's going to happen again. We have this maniac over in Russia who's causing us to take on our beautiful cyclical path upward a small step backwards. But remember one thing, dear boy, when we're in this place of where we are two or 400 years into our next phase, the electric phase of Dupara, we are a average of all the people that came before and all the people that come ahead. And that means that in our modern 2022 era, we're going to have Mother Teresa's and Gandhi's and Ryan McCormick's and Scott Keller's. And we're also going to have Hitler's and Jeffrey Dahmer's. And you got to realize we're in an average and that average is always moving forward, but there's going to be some steps backwards that are going to look like the end of the world, but they're not. Oh, I hope it don't have the, I don't know. I guess if we don't have the end of the world, I, quite frankly, I don't care. As long as I get off the planet with my family intact, it is. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know. You're a minimalist now. I don't know. You're, you know, it's, it's interesting, Scott. Your mom, I was, I think I was telling somebody about this today. Every, when I first met your mom, this may have been yeah. in 2004, she says, oh, you're, an Ar- she, you're an Arturian. She goes, you're, you could, she, she's been telling me my whole life uh, that, I'm, you know, that I'm an Arturian. I'm trying to figure this thing out too. And then I talked to well, another one of my friends with a new death experience. She says, I think you want, I'm like, I don't understand who, who these beings are, but whatever they are. Um, is there any particular way that you can tell from an astrological chart if people's origins come from a different intergalactic oh, species? Yes, but remember, in my model of astroveda, we're not just using astrology. We're also using Ayurvedic medicine, cognitive therapy, and also I do past life regressions. Mm-hmm. And there's no a stone. I mean, you of all people know this. There's no stone that goes unturned. The astrological chart will tell us your tendencies, your Ayurvedic tendencies from that chart will tell us how we can model model it modulate it and modify it so you live a happy and abundant life your past life regressions will tell us from what you came but your north node in your astrological chart tells a lot and your north node ryan is in seven degrees of libra now this means a lot your north node indicates where you personally are on your karmic path for what you have to achieve here. We all very frequently get caught up in the, you know, you with so much Aquarian energy are very caught up in the community. However, we want you to balance that with understanding what your individual karma is. Your individual karma, believe it or not, with all your warring, sensitive coalescence, you have a north node that's in Libra, which means that you're here to do exactly what you do, to experience what it means to be balanced. The insignia of the Libra is the scale. They make the Supreme Court justices, the lawyers, because they balance 
the positive energy and the negative energy, and they go through creating beauty. Libra is beauty, community, and fairness. And this is why you sit there with your preconceived ideas of moving towards detente, but at the same time, at the same time, have feelings of complete optimism. That's why you're running your show to change the planet. So you know, on some level, there's optimism here. So that's your balance, and that's where your karmic path leads. For all of us, yes, that's a that's another discussion. Sure. Well, I'll tell you, Scott. Thank you so much for your kind words. I appreciate it. Appreciate your insight. And I'll tell you one thing that I one real reason why I love doing the program. Uh, it's us. the people that are listening. I I really have some wonderful relationships with some of the, the people like uh, my friend uh, Julie and Flicka and, you know, Jenny, we have all these wonderful listeners that I speak with on a somewhat regular basis. And these listeners, they are way more advanced than I am. They're very, you know, they're extremely intelligent. So I, I would consider the, all of them teachers. And the fact that the, the, the fact is that these are the types of people that are listening to the program. It, it kind of gets me excited because I'm like, wait a second, the people listen are, they're very, that they're all teachers. They're all people that I would want to be learning from and they're listening to this. So mm-hmm. it, it, there's a rush to it, I guess. There's, there's a fundamental rush to know that the types of people that are, that are listening to this are people that I, I would want to hang out with, listen to and learn from. And if, if that's the type of people that are learning from this thing, then, you know, I'd rather just work well, with the tireless minority of people that are really engaged. Let me make let me rewind the tape a little bit to sure. something you asked earlier. You asked about being on the individual path and knowing, you know, what to, who's ready and who's not. And in regard to our discussion that we had earlier, who's moving forward, who's ready, who's not, all that stuff. Um, one thing I've noticed when doing astrological and medical intuitive readings, when people have been pushed to that point where they have to turn to the spiritual metaphysical ephemeral existence around us they frequently tap into one aspect of their natal chart more than anything else and our favorite psychic joyce keller my mom who wrote a national bestseller uh called why are we here talks about the north node and the north node which we just read for you in your chart which is in libra People who have advanced to the point where they want to change the energy on the planet really tap into their North Node. And why not? The North Node represents why they're here karmically. And your North Node here, why you're here karmically, is in Libra. My North Node is in Gemini. I'm here to teach and communicate. Martha's here um, next to me. Her North Node is in Aries, right? So she's here to support greater and greater projects and to be a warrior or protector for everyone around her. Now, you mentioned Julie and Jenny. If, are they there in the studio? Do we want to pull up their no, charts? They, I, um, they're not with us right now. I mean, they're, okay. they're wonderful listeners. And this other person, her name is Flicka Ron, and she's uh, she's amazing. I mean, she's she's been on mm. the show before. But her particularly, like I literally – Scott, I, I learned so much. I learned so much from her, and I learned a lot from your mom too. I consider your mom to be one of the most amazing teachers. Like every time she, I talk to her, um, we yes. having passing conversations. But I'm, the reality is, that I'm like I'm learning so much from her. I'm learning from you, but it's just amazing. So uh, a lot of the, these people that I'm around, I'm just it's a blessing, beyond blessing to to see that they're um they're just not regular people. That they're they're at a certain level where you can learn a lot from them. Like they're they're all like ascended beings in a lot of ways. Sure, of course. We recognize those energies as being light bearers and people that we want to be around and also can join us on this journey. Yeah, I mean, we're here with our personal relationship to God and the universe. However, it does feel like a sense, especially with you, with all that Aquarius and Libra 
and you're looking for community, like you create your community. That's you. I continue to read you throughout the day because I'm getting downloaded messages all the time, just like Joyce does. I see it through your chart. You know, there's something I want to talk a little bit about before um, I forget. So we're very excited about this concept, this astroveda.org concept. Basically, our mission statement, Ryan, is to take astrology and modernize it we're using tropical astrology, which was originally designed to be Vedic astrology in that area of the world, and Ayurveda, which was originally designed to be very Indian. But I had the great dubious spiritual honor and my karmic um, opportunity to modernize these Eastern concepts and westernize them for this area of the world. That is our mission statement. We take complicated astrology and Ayurvedic concepts. Remember, astrology and Ayurveda are always designed to be utilized mm-hmm. together. Ayurvedic medicine talks about the energies that you exhibit. We can label them at another time, but and then to make them very simple. So we do lectures and presentations and workshops on astrology and Ayurveda, very educational and very entertaining. We use big PowerPoint presentations and cartoons to teach very complicated Vedic concepts to make them simple for people. Well, people love them. We have another one coming up. Uh, the New York Community Gay Men's Group in New York, we're going to do um, use astrology and Ayurveda on ways to create more substantial relationships in the gay community. That's coming up on November 5th. People can go on our website, just simpleastroveda.org um, to see that. Or they can actually call. We have three healing centers. Um, they can call us at uh, 631-375-8702 if they have any questions or want a reading um, and get some more information. I know I probably threw that in there. You're going to do that. At the no, end that is wonderful. No, okay. we're definitely going to put it and plug it in. But based on your, uh, what you, you've done, what have been some of the ways that you've kind of grown and evolved in the last couple of years, especially from what you're seeing and what you know? I, you know, I learned very quickly. I'll just answer reflexively. It is the heart. It's the absolute most uh, 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 frank truth I can utter. I turn everything over to God without fear. One of my latest big turn-ons, spiritual turn-ons, is what would happen to the decision-making and the productivity of our lives if we did what Yogananda said, and that is to eliminate all fear. An autobiography of a yogi talks about how the yogi grew back a severed limb when he had it eaten by a, 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 a crocodile in the Ganges River. That's pretty talented. Well, he operates in a place of a, a place without fear. This is how Jesus healed. This is how Jesus levitated. This is how any yogi can transmute all the physical laws. Well, I've been doing it lately, and the amount of funding spoke, you know, socially, interpersonally, financially, um, career-wise, that comes about from operating in a place without fear is astounding. And maybe yeah. it comes about from having so much trauma in your life that you really just don't care. So I listen to you and I say, oh, this dude is right on the path. Go, go. I don't want to do anything to slow you. When Jesus walked through the leper colony, mm-hmm. he said, oh, you have leprosy? Go ahead, have your leprosy. You're going to move your karma forward by doing so. I look at you and you say, oh my God, I'm worried about the earth, this and that. No way. Dude's, on his, right? path. dude's on his path. That's all I say. I know that. I know whatever the path is on. I'm having a fun I'm a- bit of a fun time i mean the world's kind of chaotic and who knows i mean <laughs> i'm sure other existences are probably kind of boring but i but at the same time the next exist if there is i don't know if there is going to be another physical existence for me scott but i'd say that uh i do not want to be a human just because the species tends to be insane or maybe a more docile group of humans that are you know when is, so- when is- let me ask you a question ryan yeah. when in your life did you not feel this way you felt optimistic I, about my whole my whole life, I've felt my whole soul. 
there, I, knew I, was, I knew I was weird when I was a kid. I was three yeah, years but old. You know I knew it was strange. Weird is in the eye of the beholder, and there's no judgment on the planet. Anybody who ju- I mean, any event that takes place has no unusual. Well, just feeling like, feeling like a sense, like the sense, like nah, this isn't it. Like you know, kind of like you wear you wear a pair of shoes that don't fit properly. Like, no, this isn't. Yeah. This, this is no. I'm not. It's just very un- unnatural. I mean, you know I, what? It, yeah. You know what? You asked a great question, and I'm going to say it applies to both yeah. of us. Both of our charts indicate that you know uh, that we are going to do things that are weird. And remember something: every great discovery, every great. Um, occurrence that's taken place in history took place because somebody stepped out of their normal shoes. You use the reference of shoes. I use the fact that I'm taking, I just started doing some work with the folks at the UN. They study traditional Vedic philosophy that are part of this group. But my concept, which uses Vedic philosophy, but needs to be modernized, flies in the face of traditionalists. So you know what? When all those people were traveling around the world during the uh, 1200s or 1400s, and then all of a sudden Magellan says the world's not flat, I'm going to step out of the shoes and prove it and go over the edge of the earth and show you it's actually round. These discoveries happen because people stepped out of their shoes, and that's an Aquarian and a Piscean energy. And typically it's fueled by a lot of warrior mentality and being fed up and sensitive. And that's why we started to show off with what I said about you. I have the same qualities, always an alien, always an outcast always ostracized by everyone good for us right yeah, i guess so good well i'm us. glad that's what else to say that no no it's yeah it's strange sometimes it's it feels really strange especially because when this whole thing happened people started acting really strange with the pandemic and i mean and that's when I, that's when it got like super super strange because at no point in time did i feel the need to conform in any capacity and it was it was just a, a instinctual like very power, like just I don't want to do it at all. But uh, very strange. Got the final question. Brian, I have. How, how have you, how have you reframed your alienness over your life? How have you reframed it to skew it into a positive direction? Well, um, I I don't know if I've skewed it in a positive direction. I've just I, uh, one way I I felt strange growing up, and then I, I I try to conform, and then I realized that it was so much. I I love being strange. I think I well, whatever the strange. There you go. Was, I, why do you the, love being strange? There I, it is. Well, it because I, I don't know. I think that um, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot, when you're when you're quote unquote strange, there's a lot more to, to learn, to explore, and listen to. But I stand by this assertion that I was dropped off on this planet as a result of doing something wrong in my in my other alien. I think I was probably from another species. Maybe they're Aquarians. I did something wrong, or I, I on a dare I came down here. Either way, I've been trying to reconnect with my people, and I try to these things, and I don't know, I don't know, I I, so I don't, I don't think I'd be willing. To, I don't think I'd be willing to come down here willingly. I just I don't see it. I don't see myself. Well, doing I'll, it. I'll tell you what I'm witnessing yeah. as I look at you on this beautiful Zoom screen. I wish our, our listening audience could see it, but this is what I'm witnessing as we go through this conversation. I'm witnessing what we do in astrovata.org all the time, and that is neural reprogramming. We take a concept that has a challenge to it and we ask, well, how has this served you? And we, I allow you to go through that process. And as you do, you're looking at all the things that have been wonderful about it. I mean, for God's sakes, we're sitting here on the outer limits. We're sitting here on the outer limits radio show. You talk your way through it and say, I'm just trying to prove a point here, but you talk your way through it and say, I actually love the fact that I've been in an alien my whole life. It has actually served me. And that is the whole concept behind Astro Beta is to understand ourselves and to reprogram and relabel 
and reframe how we have taken, how we've experienced restrictions and challenges. It's quite a beautiful thing to watch. I kind of set you up though, bro. No, he did. What he did was really awesome. I'll tell you what, it was pretty cool being an alien. The downside is that it's hard picking up the babes. Oh, it was a little strange. <laughs> Mr. Dr. Scott Keller, thank you so much for being with us today again. Dr. Keller is an astrologer, a medical tutor, a Ayurvedic specialist, chiropractor. You can learn more about him by going to astroveda.org. Dr. Keller, thank you so much. Brian, it's always a pleasure. I can't wait to have you on our show coming up again soon. And just thank you every time. It's always wonderful. And next time we're on the show, let's see if we can get a little mini reading for Julie and Jenny, if you can tell them to call in. I'll ask them. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace. Love and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening.